I'm wrecked. Um, just singing that, man, God just starts to move, right? So how many of you remember Mother's Day? We were talking in Luke 10 on Mother's Day two weeks ago. And we talked about Mary and Martha. Do you remember, right? Martha was the one that served God so amazing with her talents of hospitality. And Mary served the Lord with, with her talent of being a student, do you like how I spun that huh? from where we were the other, the other time? No more goggles needed. You had to be there to understand that joke. Um, but this morning I'm going to be asking a question. Is God ever late? What do you think? Can God be late? No, he can't. All right, so that must mean that when you pray to God and he doesn't answer, you never have a problem with that. That he's never late. You, you never anticipate and say, God, where are you? How come you haven't shown up? Everybody's cool, right? No, we, we understand that God can't be late, but yet we do have these times where we walk through and we're like, God, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. And, and in my own mind or in your own mind, we may think, no, God, you, I think you're late on this one. <laughs> like I would have already expected you to show up here, you know? And, and we want to try to give, give God some counsel at times, right? But... You know, I was thinking, I've been praying for our youth leader and youth pastor that we're interviewing for right now. So please be praying with us about that. And I was thinking back to some of our journeys, frankly, in terms of looking for a pastor and, and God sent us Will Martin and then looking for a youth leader and he sent us Blake Prater and, and then he sent us John Wallace, who's our current youth, uh, our current worship leader right now. And I'm like, God, I don't understand sometimes how you work. Like, were you late in, in answering some of these prayers? Did, did we miss you, Lord? What, what was it? And, and, you know, I still go before God, and I still challenge myself. Lord, I, I want to hear your voice. God, we, we want to get it right for this youth leader. And it's with that that as we were talking about Mary and Martha and Lazarus a couple weeks ago, we want to look at another story that involves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus today. So instead of being in Luke 10, we're going to be in John 11 and to the best that I can tell, the story that we read in, in Luke 10 happened after this story in John 11. Um, but it's, it's interesting, you know, as I've been reading this week, I was in this story and, and there's something here for all of us. Uh, but I'm just going to pray because, you know what, I believe this, that you ever hear the five love languages? I don't know if you've ever read that book about couples, but it talks about, you know, we can't give love the way we want to receive it. We've got to give love in, in what the other person's love language is. And you know what? The Holy Spirit knows all of your love languages, right? Some of you are quality time. Some of you are acts of service. Some of you are, are gifts. Like he, he knows how you receive love. And I'm going to pray that as we look into this passage today, that the Holy Spirit personalizes this message for each one of us, right? Because what spoke to me may not be the same thing that spoke to you because my love language is acts of service. Yours might be quality time, right? But the Holy Spirit knows. So let's go before him right now. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, as we look into your word, Father, your word says it's sharper, it's active, Lord. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, it's, it's living, it's powerful. And Lord, I ask Holy Spirit this morning that you personalize your word to each one of us. Lord, let us take out of this message what you have for us. Lord, we pray that in faith and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start off this morning in John 11, chapter, uh, verse 1. And it says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. 
Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now, think about that, right? Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they have a good relationship with Jesus. We see these, these people come together with our Lord a number of times in the Gospels, right? So when a good friend says, hey, your friend and dear brother is sick, what's the inference? It's like a flare prayer. Have you ever heard of a flare prayer? Steve, Steve Hammes mentioned this once in a, in a message. I'd never heard of it before. But a flare prayer is when you kind of go, God, help. You know, the flare goes up. And like when you send a flare up, what are you expecting? It's like an SOS. You're expecting, okay, the Coast Guard's going to come, the Army, the Navy. Like there's going to be an intervention. Quick, quickly. The flare goes up. And they send the flare up. Your friend is sick. Like Jesus We need you. So let's read on. It says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sicknesses will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. All right, just wrap your head around this for a minute. Right, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. I've got four kids. I've never had one of my kids like rush to the ER in a life and death situation. But if I ever got a call from my wife, Meg, and she's like, you know what? Your son's been hurt. We're not sure if he's going to live. We're heading to the ER. Like she wouldn't have to ask me, could you come? Like that, she doesn't need to say that, right? What parent wouldn't just rush right to the ER? Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And, and here, like Jesus He knows his friend is sick and he sends a message to them. Don't worry, this sickness isn't going to end in death. It's all for the glory of God. But he doesn't go. Right? As a parent, we understand that, all right, Jesus, you probably should have gone. Like, they need you right now, even if it's just for moral support. Just your presence alone, God, would be comforting to them. But it's not just that he doesn't go. It says that he loved them so much he stayed where he was. And, and I don't know, does that confuse any of you? Because I, I read that this week and I'm like, I don't quite understand how it could be his love that makes him delay. So I, I read further and I'm going to jump ahead for a minute because there's something here for us. That if you look at John eleven seventeen, it says when Jesus finally did get to Bethany, so he delays the two days. When he does get to Bethany he's told that Lazarus has already been in the grave for four days. All right, so I'm trying to add the math up in my own head, right? Kat, we need you as our math teacher, right? Maybe you can come up and do some math for us. But I'm going to take you through the timing as I see it because there's really something amazing that's going on here, right? Day one, Lazarus is sick. I'm just calling that day one for a point of reference, right? So, so day one, Lazarus is sick. Martha and Mary send a message. Now, we, we know where Jesus was. It, it tells us in John 10 that he went to a place where John the Baptist had been. That's a little less than a day's travel from Bethany, where, where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus live. So I'm going to assume Lazarus is sick, and in the morning, Mary and Martha, they send a messenger out to get the message to Jesus, right? There's no cell phones. They can't just call him and say, Jesus, come help. Like, you send the messenger, and the messenger's got to travel and get to Jesus. So, so later that day... Just bear with me with an assumption. Jesus gets the message. Mary Martha wants you to know that Lazarus is sick. The inference has come. So Jesus tells the messenger his message. You know what? It's going to be okay. 
This sickness is not unto death. In fact, it's for the glory of God. So the messenger now brings the message back, but it's nightfall. He's not going to leave at night. He's going to go. And if it, even if he does, he's going to get there on day two, right? But, but I'm assuming he leaves the morning of day two. He gets back on day two. Jesus delays two days. That's day two and day three. You with me so far? And day four, if he delayed two days, he's leaving on day four. That's as soon as he could leave. It says when he gets there, Lazarus has been in the grave for how long? For four days. All right, so here's the algebra question of, of the morning. If Lazarus has been in the grave for four days, when did Lazarus die? Day one. So I put it together. Mary and Martha, Lazarus is sick. Mary and Martha send a message and later that day, Lazarus dies. And you know what? They, didn't, they couldn't embalm people so like they put him in the tomb that day. The next day, the messenger comes from Jesus. Hey, this sickness isn't unto death. It's all for the glory of God. And they're like, uh, Jesus, like I know you're not here, but he's dead, all right? And he's already in the grave. Like you're, you're a day late and a dollar short, Jesus. How, how can you be telling me that the sickness isn't, isn't unto death? Uh, he's already in the tomb. Right? Isn't that amazing to, to time this whole thing out? And, and I think about it. You know what? There's times where I've been confused about God. What are you doing? God, I hear this word from you, but your word is not matching my, my current reality of what I'm walking through, right? And, and that's what was going on for Mary and Martha. They had sent this flare prayer off to Jesus, and now the answer coming back doesn't match the reality. The sickness is not unto death, but Lazarus is already dead and he's in the tomb. So here's my takeaway. When things make no sense to us, they do to God. Right, that's, all I, that's the only thing I can take away here. God, God knew what he was doing. Jesus was intentional about sending the message. He didn't go himself, and I think that speaks volumes. Right? So Martha and Mary, like they get the messenger coming back, not Jesus coming with the message, but the messenger to say that, yeah, the sickness isn't unto death, but, but their brother is dead. And I'm sure it's got to be confusing. So, so all we can do at times is say, God, I, you know, there, there's something here. When Mary and Martha said, sent the message to Jesus, it's like they were here and they took the step of faith. I'm going to reach out to God. Right? They, they took that step of faith and now the testimony starts with their step of faith. Right? But it's not called a testimony yet. It's just called a test. The imoni hasn't, like, it's not done, right? So, so they took the step of faith. They trusted in God, and they get this message back. When things don't make sense to us, they make sense to God. So we're going to continue the story here. I'm going to jump ahead to, to verse 12. And the disciples say, Lord, why are we going back to Jerusalem again? I'm not really under, understanding this. If, if you look back in John 10, they left Jerusalem because Jerusalem was a hotbed. Right? The, the Pharisees had just kind of surrounded Jesus at the temple before they left. And they said, tell us plainly, are you the Messiah or not? And Jesus didn't give them a yes or no answer. He said, why isn't it that you won't believe? And he goes on with this long explanation. And, and it says that they were ready to arrest him right then and there. But somehow Jesus slips away and that's why he's where he's at right now. So the disciples are like, really? You want to go back there, Jesus? So, so they're questioning him, saying, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. Like, what's the big deal? They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. And Thomas, the one we know as Doubting Thomas, also nicknamed the twin, says to his fellow disciples, let's go too, and we're going to die with Jesus. Right? So, you know, they were kind of setting themselves up for, okay, we're going back into a situation that could get ugly. Like the last time we were there, it wasn't pretty. This time it could get ugly. What's going to happen? But, but they're ready to do it. But I, I think there's an irony here. They left Jerusalem with the Pharisees asking Jesus, tell us plainly, are you the Messiah? Jesus didn't give them that plain answer. He didn't say yes or no. Do you know who Jesus told up until this point who he, that he was the Messiah? He told the Samaritan woman that he found at the well. This is the same woman that had five ex-husbands. She's living with a man that's not her husband. And Jesus reveals to her, I am the Messiah. Like that's the plain language that the Pharisees wanted, but he wouldn't give it to them. Jesus is the one that tells the woman who's caught in the midst of adultery, look, where are your accusers? I don't accuse you. Just go and sin no more. But to the self-righteous Pharisee, he doesn't give him a plain answer. In fact, before then or, or whenever he's like, he calls them whitewashed tombs. He overthrows the money, the money tables in the temple. Like Jesus doesn't speak plainly to the self-righteous. He speaks plainly to the sinner. And, and I think there's something for us here that when we don't get it, Jesus speaks plainly to us. Like the disciples, they were confused. They're like, I don't really understand, God, what you're trying to do right now. Because obviously they misinterpreted sleeping as sleeping and dead. Like they're two different things, right? In Jesus' mind, sleeping was the same thing as dead. So then Jesus had to tell them, no, Lazarus is dead. And that's why we're going back. Okay, I get it. We're going to go back and we're all going to die. Wonderful party. Let's go do it, you know. So, so the disciples, they, they all head back together. So what is it this morning that maybe you're asking God, God, I don't understand. Right? I, I know there's times, I, I just mentioned at the beginning, there's times I don't understand. God, I need you to speak plainly. Like his word is clear. His sheep know his voice. God, I, I know I'm one of your sheep. Lord, I need you to speak plainly to me. And, and now I'm just going to trust you and, and believe that, okay, when you're ready, it's going to come together and I, I'll understand. I don't need to rush it. I don't need to figure it out. I don't need to try to come up with a Greg solution. I just need to say, God, you, sh- you show me and, and I'll wait on you. So now we're going to fast forward once again to verse 20. And it says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. And Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Or, but even now I know. You know, this is an amazing thing that Martha is doing, the faith that she's having right now. See, it's, it's on all of our hearts when we ask God to do something and the reality is not matching his word to say, okay, God, if, if you had been here, something different would have gone down. Like that's, that's not an accusation. I'm sure Martha understood that the messenger just got sent day one and like he wouldn't have even gone there by the time her brother died. Martha, she understands that. What she doesn't understand is the response that came back and that response is the sickness isn't unto death. It's just for the glory of God. Well, Jesus, he already died. What do you mean it's not unto death? I don't understand. But, but Martha, see, when she launched the prayer, that's when she took the step of faith and she's still operating in faith. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. 
you know, if I were in her situation, I'd probably be a little bolder. Hey, Jesus, like, could you raise my brother from the dead? <laughs> like, I really don't want to lose him right now. Is there any way you could heal him, bring him back, like something? But, you know, think about when God says we all need to have childlike faith. What is a child to? They, they kind of say, boo-boo. They don't tell you what to do. They just tell you the problem. Boo-boo. Or my toy, it's broken. They, they don't ask for the solution. They don't tell you exactly what you should do. And how, they just bring you the problem. And that's where Martha is this morning. Or, or whatever the day, every time of day was. This, that's where she is this day. She's giving the problem to Jesus. And she's saying, God, I wish you would have been here. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that God is going to give you whatever you ask. I think that's beautiful. That's such an example of faith, childlike faith. So then Jesus answers her. He tells her, your brother will rise again. And Martha goes, I, I get that. I know that. He's, of course, he's going to rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus tells her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? You know, and, and there's something that happens when we're in a crisis, right? I don't know about you, but whenever I'm in a crisis, I'm always forced with this decision. Am I going to doubt or am I going to believe, right? Like that's what happens in the middle of a crisis. And, and Jesus puts it out very plainly to Martha. Martha, do you believe this? Because whatever you're going through or I'm going through right now, there's always that choice. Are we going to doubt or are we going to believe? God, is your word true or are my circumstances true? Like, Jesus had told her the sickness isn't unto death, but she's looking in the natural. Lazarus is already in the tomb. Martha, do you believe that I'm the resurrection of life? Wow. Okay. We have a choice. Crisis makes us face what we believe in a good way. And, and you know, our faith has been launched. From the minute we, we gave the prayer, our faith is launched. All right, are we going to go back now? But you see, when I'm, when I'm in the middle of a crisis, maybe this works for you, I have to come back to the root, right? The crisis is the branch. I'm going to come back to the root. Either Jesus died and rose from the dead and is my Savior or he's not, right? I can't have it both ways. Like, if he died and rose from the dead and he's my Savior, then all of his words are true. And if he didn't die, then I don't have to believe any of them. But, like, I can't walk in this in-between space. A crisis helps us decide. No, Jesus, I do believe in you. I don't understand what's going on right now, but I do believe in you. I have faith. I'm moving forward in that faith. And that's where Martha was. The crisis made her face what she believed. So then as we continue on, you know, there's something amazing that happens in this. We're, we're skipping a couple of verses just for the sake of time. But, but there's something Jesus asks, asks them, hey, take me to the tomb. So as they're walking to the tomb, all the mourners are there weeping and crying. And they're, they're all going to the tomb. And there's a little bit of talking that's going on. And it's recorded in verse 38 that someone says, or verse 38, 39 is where Jesus says, hey, where have you put him? But as they're on the way, someone asks this question and, and they say this. They say, hey, if, if Jesus could raise, if Jesus could heal a blind man, why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? You know, right in the middle of the times when we're trying to have faith, don't those, don't those questions come? Who are you to ask for God's blessing? Right? The, the enemy comes to try to steal. Right when we're having faith and believing in God, the enemy comes with these thoughts like, hey, if Jesus could heal a blind man, why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? That, that's the, that what was going on in the crowd. 
So they get to, to the place where Lazarus is buried. And Jesus says, roll the stone aside. And Martha, Martha protests and says, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. I've never seen a person after they died not embalmed for four days. I don't know if you have, right? But I'm sure that exists if, if it's a tragedy and they're buried under rubble or, or whatever. But I know worse than the smell is probably the emotional toll it would take. If you've ever lost someone, you know that just putting them in the grave is, is such an emotional exercise to say goodbye. And now what are you doing with all those emotions? You want me to unroll this and smell that stench like you can't take me back there again, God. Martha's protesting in the physical, but I'm sure there's an emotional part of her as well. It's like, I don't want to have to relive this. But Jesus responds and says, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? You know, we're, we're faced often in the middle of crisis with this question. Are we going to believe or are we going to doubt? The enemy will, will give us all the reasons to doubt. Our reality is not matching the word. On and on and on and on. But now what are we going to believe? We've already launched. We've stepped out in faith. We need to continue on in faith. So the story continues and it says, So they rolled the stone aside and Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all those people standing here so that they'll believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Like, oh my goodness, Lazarus, he, he's walking out like a mummy. If you don't know what to be for Halloween next year, you can be Lazarus, all right? You know, just dress up like a mummy. But I'm like, oh my gosh, unwrap him and let him go. Like, what just happened? It's amazing. So, so this whole thing, Jesus saying that, look, his sickness is not unto death, but he's already dead. And, and Mary and Martha both questioning the Lord. God, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus saying, Martha, what do you believe? Do you have faith? And, and now we get to this, like, it's kind of a culmination. Wouldn't you agree? Like, Lazarus is alive. Jesus has called him out. Everyone is seen. And, and if you continue reading on in the gospel, this sets up the people saying Hosanna when Jesus walks into Jerusalem a week before he's dead. Because they want to see, who is this man that raised Lazarus from the dead? It, it was the fame of this. It was broadcast wide. But I think the message for me and you this morning is Jesus didn't intervene by accident. He intervened by arrangement. And that's what I think all of us can take away from this. That God is never late. God is just working the puzzle pieces. Right? And, and sometimes the puzzle pieces like, they, yeah, we're getting there. It may look like, oh my gosh, how is this ever going to make sense? And then slide, 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 and boom, the picture appears. And it's like... God, I don't know how you did it, but this is a miracle. It's unmistakably you. No one's going to be able to say, okay, Lazarus, like he wasn't really dead. You just must have not felt the pulse the next day. Four days, unmistakable. You can't say it happened for any other reason. It was a miracle. And God sometimes delays on purpose for you and I to know how much he loves us, number one. It's not that he, aha, I'm going to, Jerry, I'm just going to make you go through something because I want to see how you, 
it's because of his love. He wants to build our faith. He wants us to see his hand at work. He wants us to be able to choose what is it that we really believe and solidify it. And, and if you've walked it all with the Lord, you know what it's like to walk through those times where you give God the prayer and you don't have the answer yet. And you're kind of, God, I'm hanging out here on a limb. God, when are you going to come? You know, what? I've, I've spent years at times praying for things and not seeing an answer. Some are still left unanswered. Some are answered. But God is faithful. See, he intervenes not by accident, but by arrangement. So would you stand with me as we close in prayer this morning? You know, when we think God is late, I'd like to ask us, well, then what's the connection between what we think and this story? Because I think this story is for all of us this morning. Is there something that you might be going through right now that's not making sense to you? See, when things don't make sense, they do to God. That's what you can trust in. God understands. He knows what's happening. Is there a situation we're going through? We we were asking for wisdom and we're not receiving that wisdom yet. We're saying, God, would you speak to me clearly? When the disciples said to Jesus, hey, we don't understand about this whole sleeping thing. It's like, okay, let me tell you, he's dead. Okay, that's why we're going back. Jesus speaks plainly to us. It's not that he speaks in these mysteries. That's what he did with the Pharisees, the self-righteous. We come to him with a question. I can't tell you he's going to answer your question today, but I can tell you he's going to speak plainly. My sheep know my voice is what he said. If If you're a sheep and I'm a sheep, he's going to speak to us. He'll speak plainly. When we face a crisis, sometimes don't we call it a crisis of faith, right? Because the crisis calls our faith into question. And now we're in the middle of this, God, are you real or you're not real? I don't really know what I should do because we're seeing the physical and it's not matching the spiritual. See, Jesus told them, this sickness isn't unto death, but Lazarus is still in the tomb. So there's times at a crisis moment, we need to decide what is it that we believe? And, and like, don't take it at the branch level, take it back to the root. Did Jesus die on the cross? Did he get buried? Did he raise from the dead? Is he the son of God? Is he God himself or not? Because if he's God himself, then you can move forward in faith. You don't have to be, be cast and, and be filled with all the doubt that you're, you're filled with. And then lastly, let's, let's know this and let's agree to this. Jesus is the miracle worker, right? Jesus is the one that brings the dead to life. I don't need to. You don't need to. And you know, the thing about Martha is she didn't come to Jesus that that day and tell Jesus how to answer the prayer. And you know what I see in that is it was really clear who was on the throne of her life. See, when I go to God and I'm like, God, I need you to answer. I need you to do this and I need you to do that and I need you to do the other. It's me, 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 me. I'm the one that wants to be in control. That's not Jesus on the throne. He's not the Lord of my life when I'm in control. He's the Lord of my life when he's in control, when I've surrendered to him. So maybe there's a a power challenge going on in your life or my life this morning. Uh, Are we going to be the ones in control? Are we going to say, no, God, my life is yours? Because Jesus is the miracle worker. He brings the dead to life. Even when we don't see it, he's still working. So whatever your situation is this morning, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word speaks to us clearly, God, that we may not understand everything, Lord, but you don't work by accident. You work by, uh, by intention, Father. So I thank you, God, this morning that, that what doesn't make sense to us, Lord, makes sense to you. 
God, that you will speak to us plainly. Lord, you're arranging all the things that still need to happen in our lives. And and we submit to you, God, help us from trying to prescribe to you what's the answer look like. And let us just bring you the problem and let you be God and, and do what you do best. So, Father, we release these things that we have on our hearts to you, Jesus. We pray that you work in them. Lord, let us move forward in faith now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us online. If, if you're here and you want prayer, please come forward. If you're online, send us an email, I guess, at, at prayer at and we'd love to, to respond and, and pray with you via email. Thank you.